Hey, Parks and Rec fans, Jim O'Hare and Greg Levine here to tell you that Parks and Recollection is back. Yes, we are back. Hey, everybody, it's me, Jim O'Hare. We are joined by some great friends of the show, like Ben Wyatt himself, Mr. Adam Scott. And I'm Greg Levine, Parks and Rec writer. And yes, we're diving right back in where we left off, and there's so much to talk about. Listen to Parks and Recollection wherever you get your podcast. Hi there. I'm Liza Powell O'Brien, and I'm a writer, a reader, and the wife of someone you may have heard of. And I'm here to tell you about the newest season of my podcast for Team Coco, Significant Others. Each week, we tell stories you may not know about a person you probably do, like Benedict Arnold, whose wife Peggy may be the reason he almost succeeded in betraying his country. Look for Significant Others wherever you get your podcasts. Conan O'Brien needs a fan. Want to talk to Conan? Visit teamcoco.com slash call Conan. Okay, let's get started. All right, let's uh, say hello to Jenna. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. This is crazy. <laughs> well, it's not that crazy. Uh, it's very nice to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, you're in Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Is that where you go to school? Yes. But you're not in school right now, obviously, because of the coronavirus. So yeah. where are you? At, are you at home? I'm in Boulder, but all my classes are on Zoom. <laughs> well, it's very nice meeting you, Jenna. And I'm going to tell you quickly my experience with Boulder, Colorado, which is about 10 years ago. I did a big tour around the nation. And I would do sort of the same routine every night, but in different cities. And the laughs would all come in the same place, exactly the same place, because Mm -hmm. I was doing the same thing. And we we worked really hard to make this a good show. And we knew just where the laughs were. And I'd say this, and it would get a laugh. And then I'd say that, and we'd get a laugh. And just, it worked. This show worked. Then I get to Boulder. I say a joke. Oh, gosh. Nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, what's going on? And then I start to tell the second joke but I hear laughter as I'm telling the second joke. And I don't understand what that's from. And all the laughs aren't where they're supposed to be. And I'm confused. (laughs) Then for the next show, we go to Denver. And I'm saying to the people in Denver, I don't get it. In Boulder, it was so weird. And they cut me off and they said, they're all high. All (laughs) high. And I realized they're right. They were laughing. But they were not laughing where everyone else was laughing. They were laughing later. (laughs) So my question for you is, are you high right now? (laughs) No. Okay. Okay. Well, you don't have to tell me, you know. It's okay if you are. No. no, And it's okay if. I got to remember this. It's okay if you are high. You know, that's your choice, you know. And and Sona would be the last person to ever judge anyone for being high, if you know what I mean. All right. Okay. A lot of edibles. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Edibles, you, you right? You didn't have to explain it. Everybody understood what you were trying to say. Yeah. Well, she might have edibles. thought you smoked it, but no, edibles. I did also. I did Eats all of it. them like candy. Now, of course, she's pregnant with uh, twins, so that's, yes. uh, that's not happening, but uh, my God, yes. Just used to, if you kicked her purse, which I did sometimes, just edibles would go flying <laughs> everywhere. Hundreds of them. <laughs> Hundreds of them. Hundreds. So well, uh, The question Jenna, is, tell, why are you kicking my purse? Well, let's not explore that. That's something that a, a boss does to an employee sometimes. It's just standard in the workplace. I would, I would just <laughs> randomly kick purses, and that's what I would do. Um, so how are you getting through, how are you surviving 
everybody wants to know how people are getting along. And this is a real way for us to connect. Jenna, how are you surviving during, uh, during coronavirus, during this pandemic? You're a young person. You seem to be very bright. First of all, what do you eat? What are you eating these days? <laughs> I eat peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you eat peanut butter. You mean peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're high. What you're saying is you're high. <laughs> That's exactly what a person who's had a bunch of edibles in Boulder would do is immediately scarf down a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So that's what you're doing. You're eating. Is that all you're eating? Because if that's that's the case, you're going to die. It doesn't have all the, it doesn't have all the nutrients. It just doesn't. It has a lot of them. You know, it, it, you know what? It's pretty good. But I'm saying if you lived exclusively off peanut butter and jelly uh, in a few, in a few months, your, your, I don't know, your bone marrow would disappear. (laughs) I don't want that to happen to you. Yeah. Occasionally, occasionally have something else. Are you, are you a cook? Do you cook things? Um, I'm not really a cook, but I am learning how to be one since I have to. Yeah. Um, I got, have you heard of an instant pot? Wait, which one is that? What's an instant pot? Is that the high pressure pot? mm -hmm. My wife has the Instapot. It's very nice. So what Mm -hmm. she does is she can take, is this the same thing? She takes like an absolutely frozen chicken, like absolutely frozen and puts it in there. And 20 minutes later, it's moist, Mm -hmm. delicious cooked chicken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's also radioactive. (laughs) That's the thing they don't tell you about the Instant Pot is it uses plutonium. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I could. (laughs) So what are you cooking in your Instant Pot? Peanut butter and jelly? (laughs) Do me a favor. Put peanut butter and jelly in the Instant Pot. Put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just see what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I bet it wouldn't taste good. But. Who knows? Or it would taste so great that you're a, this time next year, you're a billionaire. Yeah, maybe. And everybody wants a radioactive PB&J. It's Jenna's <laughs> radioactive PB&Js. That would be so okay, killer. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, do you have any questions for me? How can I help you? I'm, a, I'm an old man with a lot of wisdom. You know? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, my question is, um, what conspiracy theory would you like to start? Slash, do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah, it, 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 I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I think most conspiracies rely on hundreds and hundreds of people keeping a secret. And my yeah. experience in life is that two people can't keep a secret. So- <laughs> If you're, you know, whether you're QAnon or whoever you are, their conspiracy, when you ask them to explain how it works, it's always, well, hundreds of thousands of people in the Mm -hmm. post office, veterinarians, um, (laughs) people that work in strip clubs, uh, you know, um, dentists, they're all working together on this vast conspiracy. And it's not, no, that's not how humans are. So no one can keep a secret. So I, I don't, usually believe in those. Mm-hmm. I like the silly ones like Elvis is still alive or Elvis was spotted. <laughs> yeah. I think, really? Really? Because I just like, I, I, first of all, I like thinking about Elvis Presley still being alive. And then I like that he's just hanging around 7-Elevens at a time when most people are are drunk. Uh, and that's why they see him. So wouldn't you just come back and reclaim your fortune? Exactly. You know? And hasn't it been <laughs> enough time? You've been away long enough. Wouldn't you come back now and say, hey, buddy, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, kind of lay low there for a while. Did about 60 years hanging on, kind of just appearing in the night and having people see me, but 
Well, I think I'm going to come back now and reclaim my, my nice home and, and all my royalty checks and just sort of be rich and famous again. I mean, that's that that's what I think. I think he'll come back. So that might be my favorite one. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, real sorry about sort of disappearing on everybody, causing a national mourning every year at the time of my death, which was uh, August 16th, 1977. Sorry, Conan knows that, but he's a creep. <laughs> you just had to throw that in yep. just so we knew that you know. No, this is Elvis uh, talking. So Elvis knows that I know. Oh. <laughs> Conan Brown, pretty dedicated fan. He happens to know that I passed away August 16th, 1977, in my home in Graceland. Anyway, I'm back now. Sorry for the misunderstanding. <laughs> Wait, I love that. I love how in this conspiracy theory, Elvis is, is he poor? Yeah. He has like no money. Okay. Of course. He's been he's just they roaming always, around. He's been wandering around. Where's he going to get? First of all, he has no credit cards. All he has is a gas card from Texaco that expired in 1977. So it's not like he can walk into places and, and get money. So he works little odd jobs here and there. No. And nobody notices it's him? <laughs> well, he's, it's a lot of, it's a long time later. So he looks a lot different. Okay. You know, he's, he'd be like, uh, what would he be now? He'd be like 90 years old or 85 years old. He's an old guy. So yeah. he's, this yeah. 85 year old man is walking into places and saying, you want me to, I could try and repair your Atari game if you want. <laughs> Get in the back there and I could clean up by the pool if you want. I could skim that pool. <laughs> oh, look, old man, you. Cleaning pool. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Come and it, on, it's Elvis. And occasionally he gets frustrated and he's like, ah, I really want that chicken sandwich. Well, sir, you can't have it. You got to leave. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something I haven't told anybody. I'm, I'm Elvis Presley. Sir, you're not Elvis Presley. You're an old man. I'll tell you. I love me tender. I love me true. All your dreams fulfill. You know what? It sounds credible, but no, you're out. Get out. Get out of here. Get out, you hobo. So that's my favorite one, that Elvis oh. is wandering around with no money, doing odd jobs, and appearing to people, and then occasionally showing up uh, in, a, in a tabloid, you know? Oh, poor Elvis. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I love that. What about one that you would want to start? Let's see. One that I would want to start. That's a really good one. I think, well, obviously, I think it should be about me if I'm starting it, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Sona, what would be a good rumor to start about me that would just really help I mean, there's the obvious thing that I'm an in, incredibly sensual, you know, oh. but that's. <laughs> that you're like just an incredible lover? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes, oh, an incredible okay. lover who's chosen just... to remain married to the same woman uh, for, that's not a cons for 19 yeah. years. That's not a conspiracy theory, is it? No, that's not, not really. a conspiracy. It would be like, oh, that's your just dad a, that's, invented that's something. That's just a rumor. That's just a rumor. Yeah. What I did was just invent a rumor that I'm a great lover. And that's not a conspiracy theory. And the fact the fact that I that that I think that it's so insane that anyone would think I was a great lover, that it's so insane that it would fall into the category of conspiracy theory tells you something about myself. I just love, I love people pouring over all this evidence. Like, is he though? Is he really a good lover? Yeah. What about this time he said this? Yeah. Why is his wife oh. always crying? Um, I, let's see. Yeah. That's a good one. My dad invented something. That's a good kind of rumor to have. 
Do you want to be in the Illuminati? I mean, I if I was going to do something, I would want to be in the Illuminati. Oh, and also I'm Catholic. Like- so that makes sense that I'd be in the Illuminati, right? Yeah, because that's like a, you know, whoever's in it sounds cool. Like you'd be in there with like Beyonce and Jay-Z. Like, wouldn't you want to be And you part know of that, that like Stephen Colbert, uh, he's religious. So they could say that the only reason Stephen Colbert and Conan O'Brien do talk shows is because we were sent out by the Illuminati to infiltrate. And <laughs> we're good. part of that. And we're, if you look at our shows, we're both in very different ways using our comedy and our interviews to uh, to push the the uh, the goals of the Illuminati forward. The, yes. and, and, and this there is part go. of a this is an eight hundred year old mission that we've been given. And that whenever <laughs> we're in, our shows go dark, people would notice our shows go on hiatus at the same time. And they don't know this, mm-hmm. but Stephen Colbert and I both go to Rome and we don robes and we go into like a secret <laughs> catacomb and we take part in all these rituals. And then it's time for us to go back and be idiots on TV again. Yeah. Yes, there go. that's good. All right, that's my rumor. That's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that two of the hosts, Stephen Colbert and Conan O'Brien, are part of the Illuminati, and they're trying to get some of the other hosts involved, but like Seth Meyers isn't having it. You know, it's not his religion. And uh, you, can't, you can't recruit anybody. I can't recruit anybody. And they just, we're always calling them. And they're always like, is this about the Illuminati? James Corden is like, is this, is this about the bleeding Illuminati again? Is this about the, is this about the fucking Illuminati? Sorry, I'll, I'll do a karaoke with you in the car and we can talk about how Mother Mary was secret. No, we're not going to talk about the fucking Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, you know what? We worked out a lot of stuff here, Jenna. I'm really happy about this. Yeah. I think we- Me too, me too. <laughs> uh, you, seem like a, you seem like a lovely person, Jenna. I like oh, you. thank you. <laughs> All right, well, very nice talking to you, Jenna. And please spread that rumor around, that, yes, that conspiracy the, theory. Yeah, this is- And me. also the, the, the lover thing, you know, tell people I've heard. Okay, yeah, I will. You don't have just to Just old that stories one. about me in the 90s, <laughs> just what an incredible lover I was, you know. Yes. You can skip that one. Um, right, skip I that also, one. I promised my dad I would tell you that he's also a big fan. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Well, tell your dad I said hello. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> and tell him I want to fight him someday. Okay. <laughs> I want to fight your dad in your front in your front yard, and we got to make that happen. Okay. Okay. Is your, yeah. is your dad a pretty good fighter? Um. He could kick my ass, right? Easily. Who knows? I All right. Know. You know what? I want it to be close. <laughs> it should be a close fight. So tell your dad it's going to be a. We're going to fight it out. In, okay. in your front yard for no reason, for absolutely yeah. no reason. And then when one that of us beats good. the other, we'll all sit down uh, for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right, bye, Jenna. Nice talking to you. Yeah, this was amazing. Thank you. Conan, please meet Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how are you? Hi, I'm doing really well. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing really well. It's nice to see you. You have, let me describe to our listeners, you have gorgeous purple hair. Oh, thank you. Um, this has been my uh, work from home project. Um, since uh, no one in the office can technically tell me that I'm breaking any, you know, rules about looking anyway. Like um, looking I've professional. Gone through the rainbow. Yeah, about looking professional. <laughs> um, I've been going through the rainbow, so. Um, so you've been going through COVID, dyeing your hair these sort of elaborate colors just because you're not at work, you don't have to be formal and you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah, it's sort of, I feel like I've been on an express train of hobbies. 
just yeah. like burning through them and just hair dyeing is one of them. Yeah. What else have you been doing? Because everyone's doing this. Everyone's has hobbies during the pandemic and they're doing things they didn't normally do. Like what else? So you're doing your hair. What other things are you doing? Uh, well, the first one I started off with was sewing, right. which is great because I had a sewing machine from Ikea mm-hmm. um, and it being an Ikea product, the instruction manual for a sewing machine was just a picture book, which I think is like my speed perfectly. Sure. Is a no words <laughs> picture book of amorphous little drawings, yeah. you know, sewing stuff. Uh, so I made two masks. It probably took me two weeks. So I figured that might not be the hobby for me. That's cool. IKEA that also has a book for an appendectomy. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, for cataract surgery. And so I've been messing around with those, which is really fun. Yeah, as, as your own uh, quarantine. Project, oh God, or? no, no, no! I mean, I just do it to my son. Uh, he oh, can't. Okay. S- <laughs> he can't see now, and he really needed his appendix, which uh, yeah. is unusual. Apparently, he's for most young. People, In exactly. Like Ten years, they're going to have those cyborg eyes anyway. Exactly. So, That's what I yeah. told him. That's yeah. what I told him. So you said that you have to be you. You work in a workplace where you need to be more formal because I would think. I mean, here in LA, you can have purple hair at almost any job because everybody's in show business. Do you know what I mean? And, and everyone's allowed yeah. to be creative. But you have a job where you go in and they would frown on that. What kind of job do you have? Um, I'm a lawyer for an energy company. Oh, oh you've, got, yeah. you've got a real serious job. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> or you're an energy lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. I feel it, it's it was a good area of law to be in until everything happened in Texas and now it's really stressful. So thanks, right. Texas. Well, uh, <laughs> I think that's, that, I'm guessing that was sarcastic. Uh, but doesn't that mean there's more business for you? Because there's got to be a lot of lawsuits flying around, right? But I would say maybe I went into energy law because there weren't so many lawsuits to begin with. Oh, <laughs> you tried to choose a you tried to choose a sleepy area of law, right? Oh, you know, no. I'll draw. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to work that hard. So I'm going to go into that very that that law that I'm going to, that protects parakeets that have been in a car accident <laughs> and they were driving like that's what you did. You went into a very specific. But then it blew up on you and you had all this work to do. I know. I know. And I feel like uh, I, I feel like this is coming to me because I went to a very um, I, I went to Vermont Law School in Vermont and mm-hmm. they are a very energy focused school. I endearingly call it like the where ambulance chasers for the environment are made. Right. Um, and so I'm that. seeing, yeah, I'm seeing all of my friends do like a lot of hard work and I'm like, look at them go. They're doing such great stuff. One of my friends just like did incredible work for the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. And I'm like, she works so hard. And I didn't have to do anything until two weeks ago. And I guess that's what I get. Yes. Now you're getting your payback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what are you doing? How do you spend your day? Oh, um, so since it's, we're all on work from home rules, uh, mm-hmm. my mother tricked me into coming to Missouri, um, and working my job during the day over the internet and working at her restaurant in the evenings. Oh, you work at uh, her restaurant? <laughs> yeah. Your mother um, has a restaurant. What kind of restaurant is it? It's a Thai restaurant. Oh. It is called uh, walk and roll. Walk and roll. Yes. It, gets, it has to be a pun with walk, doesn't it? If it's a Thai restaurant, like walk this way. Yeah. Well, see, and I thought that was very obvious, but, um, so my dad, uh, he passed, but he, when they started this, um, he had been in a wheelchair all of his life. So my mom's joke was, get it. I walk around and he rolls around. Um, Oh my God. Oh my God. Did your dad like this joke? Did he like this joke? You know, he was a very nice man, very tired, it seemed. And so that just seemed like not the hill. 
to fight <laughs> to die on. Wow. Was the, I'm sorry uh, about your name dad. Of the restaurant. And, did you ever think about Christopher Walken? Was, was that was that something that ever oh, even? No, man. I'm just thinking like no one. It always has to be walk something, but people no. should use it in a way that makes no sense. That we, would make. We went through other puns, and another one we came up was with was uh, food to tie for. Oh, oh, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, but my mom, English is her second language. She's originally from Thailand. Uh, mm-hmm. She kept misusing it. And so she would go on the Facebook and she would write, uh, make sure you come by today for lunch. It's time to die. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. And this is just after this is after telling your father in a wheelchair. Why don't you go roll around? Yeah. Oh, my is. God. She's a mom. She's your mother's a monster. Yeah. So we stuck with walk and roll because it, you know, she didn't get it, but it was fine and it worked. And we weren't telling people to just go off themselves. <laughs> Oh my it's goodness! Come, die. hey, you look hungry. It's time to die. That, that's... Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, how's the restaurant going? It's been a tough time for restaurants. Um, it's uh, weirdly uh, going well. It was extremely tough, but I guess being an Asian restaurant, they were already set up to tackle carryout orders, mm-hmm. and that's been great. Um, but we also live in a very uh, weird place. Uh, I'm in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, and. <sighs> I don't know. It, it's it's just an anomaly. Uh, the They are infamous now because last year there were a lot of pictures going around of people having those pool parties, uh, like as if the pandemic wasn't happening. Yeah. That's here. That's this place. So, oh! <laughs> this is the you, place that the pandemic those missed, so, I guess. So you, so you live in uh, COVID denier central. Oh, yeah. So oh. people are just having that. You're, all those pictures we saw of all those people in a giant pool together eating right. takeout Thai food. That was your town. <laughs> uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. If you look real close, you can see tiny walk and roll logos everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> time this to die. A, okay, Sorry. Stop saying time to die. You know what? I'm trying to keep this upbeat and you keep shouting time to die. Uh, and, you know, someone's just tuning in right now and uh, they're going to get the wrong idea about what this is. This is a podcast where we encourage people to go to the light. Called time yeah, to die. I'll probably I'll probably be disbarred. It's fine. Uh, no, no, you're you're doing fine. Well, how can I help you? Is there any way? I've been around the block. I've seen a lot in my life. Uh, I I have a lot of life experience. You have any questions for me? Is there any way I can help you? Yes, I do have a question. Um, so I. Um, I'm a new, relatively new listener, just started with the pandemic and I've been catching up and I noticed that you and Gorley sort of throw out little history tidbits from time to time and mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Uh, I think this is one of the only podcasts where when I'm done listening it, I have to go Google the references um, oh, okay. of what you've mentioned. Right. I'm doing that a lot. And so my question was, if you um, were to start your own history museum, what kind of exhibits or artifacts would you like to feature or have it be based around? Wow. That's a that's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to say 19th century American. That's probably what I'm most interested in. Civil War era, late 19th century. It's such a kooky time. There's just so many... So there's Civil War stuff you can have in the museum, but also it was a time when people were 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 creating these, uh, you know, utopian and I put that in quote societies that that where everyone was having sex with each other. These kooky <laughs> societies in upstate New York. What? Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not kidding. And and there is huh. there is there's just filled with America was just filled with con artists and weirdos and freaks. And not that we aren't now, but. But the 19th century, uh, such a fascinating time to me in America. So that's, I think, what I would what I would focus on. 
you know, phrenologists were thought to be very learned men. And they actually thought that by feeling your head and where the bumps are, they could tell things about you, which is just total bullshit. And they had phrenology heads that you've probably seen for sale sometimes in antique stores that if there's a bump on this part of the skull, it means that this person is an arsonist. You know, just total nonsense. Oh so I don't know. I, that's the world I would like to live in. And I would probably walk around in that museum wearing a waistcoat with a pocket watch and I would have a fake waxed mustache and I would sort of talk in that whole timey voice. And I'd say, welcome to my, welcome to my museum. It's good. And if you get hungry, there's a nice place. Walk and roll is next oh, door. You Because <laughs> it looks, you know, you're an older gentleman and I think it's, time to die. That's what I would do. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Because uh, when you started, I thought you were going down like a political route or like presidential, maybe like Monticello was like a secret house of debauchery. debauchery. Sorry, I can't talk. Yeah. Um, but Monticello like is pretty cool. Like, yeah. uh, and, I'm, and there was, uh, you know, there was some, I, I wouldn't, I don't know, debauchery is the word, but Monticello is a f- kind of a fascinating place. Uh, Jefferson inv- was an inventor. He was kind of a a kooky inventor. And so his inventions are all over the place. And uh, the first thing you see when uh, you walk into Monticello is he had a clock that he didn't want to be rewinding it all the time. So it has a really long pendulum that goes through an opening in the floor and like down into a deep chamber so that it, it can last longer. And the weights go down that way too. It's really crazy. So yeah, I, uh, my, interesting, but I'm going to give me the 19th century. That's what 19th I say. 19th century. Okay. What's that, Sona? Lots of, I'm just curious about what these exhibits are going to look like. Cause you're making it sound really like cool and sexy, but like you're. Okay. Let me say something yeah. that's going to differentiate my museum from other museums. I have a lot of connections <laughs> in show business. So okay. come to my museum and you're going to see celebrities there dressed as different historical characters. You know, oh. yeah, I, I have a lot of pull with, with well-known people and, sure. um, you know, so, you know, Nicole Kidman would be there dressed. I mean, she's not gonna be there every day. I've talked to her about it and she can't do it every day, but she can do Thursdays. So Nicole yeah. Kidman would be there wearing, you know, some outfit that someone wore at Lincoln's inaugural ball, his <laughs> first, not his second, you know? And and just standing there? And she, yeah, it's kind of standing like a living statue. And then you walk up to her and you, pre- <laughs> you press a button and she would do a quick scene about what it was like to be there that glorious day talking to Mary Todd Lincoln. And then she'd freeze again and then you'd press the button and she'd have to say the exact same script. Uh, But I would get all kinds of A-list celebrities (laughs) to be there, you know, uh, playing different 19th century people. And it'd be the hottest ticket in town. Let's make history fun. Let's get A-list celebrities dressed as 19th century icons, you know? Let's let's make this happen. Let's get The Rock dressed as Mark Twain walking around saying things that Mark Twain would say. And and I've talked to The Rock and he can't do Thursdays, but he can do Tuesdays. He can't do every Tuesday, but he's pretty open in June and July. This is yeah. this is the kind of stuff that I've been getting into. I think Will there be you, like a wrestling featurette? Well, you know, when you have The Rock there, there's going to be <laughs> some pressure. Wrestle. He's got to wrestle. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's going to say, I'm not The Rock anymore. I'm Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I'll be like, let's cut the shit. You know, you're Mark Twain. <laughs> you're Mark Twain and you're going to wrestle. And you're going to... You're going to wrestle now, and you're going to wrestle Liam Hemsworth, who's, uh, who's dressed as uh, John D. Rockefeller, you know? And, and that's just a good museum, right? That's the best museum I've ever gone to. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Beats the Smithsonian, which is shit, that museum. Total I feel shit. like you're going to have to have one of those movie disclaimers, like, based on a true story, but maybe not. Look, yeah. when people find out that I'm running the museum... 
and you're a lawyer, you know this. Mm-hmm. Yes, My defense yes. is going to be, what did you expect? You were going to Conan O'Brien for historic accuracy. When you saw <laughs> The Rock as Mark Twain wrestling <laughs> Liam Hemsworth as John D. Rockefeller, and you didn't leave immediately, and now you're suing? No, we've got it. You'll be my lawyer. You know, get out oh, of energy. Okay, yeah. 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 As I've mentioned before, I'm very good at being a lawyer and very enthusiastic about it. So this will definitely not go poorly. Wow. Uh, I think I've cracked the code of how you speak. So you're not a good lawyer. You don't like what you do and you think it's going to go terribly. Really uh, no, I enjoy it. I just uh, I think I'm not used to talking about it because, uh, you know, usually when you mention you're a lawyer and, and um, I don't know, if you, if you do family law, people are like, uh, take me through my divorce. <laughs> Energy law, people just shut down because like, I get to say, uh, oh, I just work for the telephone pole and then no one bothers me because nobody cares. You know what? I think you could change your attitude. I, I bet you there's a lot that's very fascinating about your job. And I think it's yeah. the way you're describing it. And I think yeah. you should describe it differently. You said you should just say, I am a lawyer who represents Energy, the force that makes everything work in the world and the universe. That's how you got to talk about your profession. I think you're right. I think I need to get a bunch of those um, Tesla globes and put them around my desk. To yeah, really... little Tesla coils that go that make off yeah. those, shoot off those little sparks. And you should yeah, say, yeah. "I control." You're like an X Men. I control energy. I <laughs> represent all that moves. All. <laughs> that surges, all <laughs> that glows, all that burns. I am Energiza. You know? Yeah. That's your superheroine name. I can do that. I will change my uh, business card to Professional X-Men, and then I think it'll go better. Yeah. Energiza. <laughs> Energiza, sounds yes. like Sounds like an allergy uh, medication. Yeah. Anyway, um, really nice talking to you, Jenny. And uh, please, um, please give my best to your mom. Tell her that what she's saying to customers is just awful. (laughs) I will. I will do exactly that. All right. Take care. Be well. And thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Conan O'Brien needs a fan. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solateroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Music by Jimmy Vivino. Supervising producer, Aaron Blaird. Associate talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Associate producers, Sean Doherty and Lisa Berm. Engineered by Will Beckton. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher.